When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back, my friends. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 229 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing how to leave a deep and lasting and positive radical footprint on the planet. So often we frame intentional living in terms of how we can reduce or how we can tread lighter, reduce our trash that we produce, reduce our carbon footprint. But what if we instead reframed the conversation as to how we can leave the planet better than we found it? Another way to say this would be instead of simply taking less, what if we gave back more than we took in the first place so as to leave the planet better than we found it for the next generation? That's what we're discussing today. I'm speaking today with Beth Craig. Beth is an ethical living coach. She has a five-step plan for leaving a radical footprint. Beth, I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm great, and I'm really glad to be here. Well, I'm really glad to have you. I always like to start my episodes with having my guests introduce themselves because I think they do such a better job. So tell us who you are, what you do, and what on earth is an ethical living coach? Thank you. Um, So basically, my name is Beth Craig, and I help people figure out how to leave what I call a radical footprint. So we're constantly being told about how to minimize our footprint, and we certainly have to do that, no question. But I'm all for people leaving a footprint that actually cleans up more than they take from the earth, because I think we're on a restoration cycle. And um, I show people how to do that, how to manage their money, how to get instant gratification without buying anything, how to get rid of things that they no longer need so they can loosen up room in their home real estate and not feel like they're busting at the seams there. And then just, you know, having a higher quality of life, doing things that really, really matter to them that maybe they skip over in a fast paced culture. Oh, you did mention your concept of radical footprints, and that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about today. What on earth is that? Actually feeling like you make a difference. Basically, we get everything at a discount. Nothing that we ever buy has all the embedded carbon accounted for in it. The plastic pollution, that's just a part of making stuff. It just has to happen with packaging and also machine parts and everything else. And then also, not everything that we buy is fair trade. All my electronics probably have had slave hands touch them, or, you know, for all intents and purposes, slave hands. It's just such dire 
circumstances under which people work in mining conditions in other countries. When I buy things, that sets in a whole echo effect throughout the manufacturing. You know, when I pull something off a shelf, that's a sucking sound. And then manufacturers fill that, right? What I advocate is to start getting involved and getting engaged and take charge of what we purchase, give to groups to pay those costs backward, if you will. I didn't have a choice with purchasing my iPhone, right? Like there's no organic fair trade iPhone. So what I do is I pay for what the whole cost should have been. And I give it to organizations who will help get the market closer to what I want it to look like. You have a system for helping others really hone in on curating that radical footprint. Step one is to pick the level you want to live at. Can you explain that to me? What on earth does that mean? Life moves so quickly. We often don't just reflect like, is this good enough? You know, do I really like where I'm at? Or if it is good enough, is that really where I'm happy at? Start the reflection process, again, just to engage with one's life. Before we start digging into where your stuff is from, where are you coming from? Where are you now? And then, you know, where do you want to go? Do you want a 10 life? Yeah, I think one of the biggest criticisms, let's say, to environmentally friendly living is that uh, doing so takes a lot of sacrifice, right? We don't get to live the way we necessarily want to live our lives. We only get one life, uh, YOLO, right? <laughs> so what do you say to clients who push back with that point? I love pushback, just so you know. I think it's great because then we're starting to get into what's really trying to happen here in this life, right? So we have all these ways that we've been told is the way to have a life in America. My perspective is that we've skipped over a lot of quality to get what we think is the life to live. I have questions about nuclear family. Is non-multi-generational living under one roof really better for everyone? I don't know. Some people hate their parents, but in a lot of other cultures, you've got multi-generational living and grandparents just naturally take care of the kids. You know, there's something dignified about other ways of life that have been eschewed in America for various reasons with marketing, money-making, and all of that kind of stuff. So what I do is I ask people to, you know, deepen a little bit, start to ask the questions about why do they want that choice? I'm not saying the choice is bad. I want them to live their very best life possible. But what I have found across the board, whenever I have really wonderful heart-to-heart conversations with people, is often their fondest memory isn't that new car. Their fondest memory is that beautiful day at the beach or watching their little kid take their first steps. It's these quiet, intimate, profound moments that people seem to remember with the most fondness. And that's what I advocate recapturing when you start to live a radical footprint life, that it is feels so empowered and so much more connected to community and yourself when you live a radical footprint life. You know, there's something about engaging on a deeper level and connecting with fellow humans and the earth that's just lifetime memory making. I so agree with all of that. So I love how you are tapping into those quiet intimate moments, I believed you called them, because those, I'm willing to bet, are what 
we are going to uh, hold on to as we are looking over our lives. So that is what's important. And it's important to say it out loud because speaking for myself, how often do I stop and appreciate and treasure those quiet and intimate moments? And for me, it's all about, you know, orchestrating one's life for being able to really maximize those moments. You know, I'm a total YOLOer, 100%. (laughs) Like I go off, you know, I do some pretty crazy stuff to capture the moment. No question. I love life. And then I'd also like to mention, you know, you look to be somebody who's pretty healthy. I'm pretty healthy, but that's also another piece of what I advocate in my work is to get more healthy so you can experience life at a greater level. If you're a couch potato, you're not having the same kind of brain chemistry coursing through that someone who goes out walking vigorously a few times a week, eating better food. You know, those things allow us to have, it's almost like as if we're a receiver and we can receive a greater bandwidth of joy if our bodies feel good. So that's another piece that I really advocate is health. Step two in your five-step process to radical footprinting our lives is to unplug from advertising and marketing. And that is a big topic. We're going to get into that one after a quick word from this week's sponsor. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back with Beth Craig, ethical living coach, and we're talking about how to create our own radical footprints. We're on to step two of Beth's five-step plan, which is to unplug from advertising and marketing. I think what you're saying here is to buy more of what's aligned with the values that you 
honed in on in step one and buy less of the junk that's just advertised to us day in and day out. Talk to me more about this. This is one of my favorite steps, <laughs> but I love this one because, you know, advertise, I love advertising just, you know, when shows are on and everyone starts talking, I'm like quiet down. I want to see how they play the game. Like, can they get me excited in 15 or 30 seconds? Like it's fun. It's a competition, really. It's them versus my inclinations, right? Can they trigger me? But the thing I I find so liberating and empowering is when I can help people unplug from actually buying anything. Like, like just see how you get triggered. Again, kind of a mindful practice or a heart practice or however you want to put it. But you find out that, oh my gosh, I want that flat screen TV so badly. But then I ask people, okay, well, gush about that. Write it down. Say everything that you love about that flat screen TV, what it's going to do for your life. And then don't buy it. Just sit with it for a while and see if it just keeps coming up and put it through, you know, your personal filters. And then if it turns out, you know, now your flat screen, the old one just crapped out coincidentally after you started looking at this new one, when you take the time, you're going to find better features. You're probably going to find a better sales price. Who knows? Maybe an organic flat screen TV may come on in that time. We don't know. But then you just get to buy something that has so much more value for you when you start to drive how you buy stuff rather than being whipped around by your wants all the time and just surrendering to messaging. And just that practice of pulling back and getting space from toggling from I want, I buy is so empowering. Mm -hmm. I can speak to this in my own life. Once I started going down the minimalist path, I, it was almost as though there was a moment where the veil was lifted from my eyes and marketing no longer had a pull over me. It's kind of as though when I'm watching a commercial or, God forbid, going to the mall, I hate the mall now, or seeing a uh, billboard or getting a targeted advertisement on social media. It's just I can see straight through it now. I see what aspect of my psyche the ad is trying to reach. I laugh at it and I, I mean, not always, but most of the time I keep on scrolling because I'm empowered now. These ads have significantly less power over me now. So for anybody listening who thinks to themselves, well, how do you unplug from advertising? I would say it starts by empowering yourself to see through the baloney. And it's baloney. I mean, it's genius baloney, but it's, it's, it's baloney at the end of the day. Step three in your plan is to minimize your footprint as much as possible without sacrificing your quality of life. But my question then becomes, well, how do you do that without sacrificing the quality of life that you're accustomed to? I mean, I, pre-kids, pre-COVID, I loved to travel, loved to travel abroad. So how can I reduce my carbon footprint by flying less or not at all and still satisfy my love of international travel, let's say like that? There's a big disconnect there. So help me out. Okay, sure. Well, first off, you know, it's again, just checking in, like, I would go a little deeper on your questions about international travel and just, you know, but I would just go in deeper on like, what is it that you're trying to get out of international travel? And I'm not saying this is you, I'm just saying questions I would ask, how's life going at home? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do we want to just escape? Is it kind of like a quick eject button for whatever's happening that works great sometimes? 
But, you know, is that it? Or do you have family over there? And then, you know, just like with every other carbon minimization practice, is there a way to go internationally that has less of a footprint to start with before we get to the radicalized part, but to start with, right? So, you know, should you save up your vacation time and make one trip to Europe for maybe a month rather than going over a couple of times for a week? Can you aggregate people by train when you get there at a meeting spot or is everybody going to fly in? I mean, there's just take a time, figure out what it is that you're really trying to get and then decide on when the big trip's going to be. And then everybody comes in and just see if you can take some minimizing steps there. We're on to step four. Step four on your plan to radicalizing your footprint is to make the world better than you found it by giving back. Where do we give back to? How do we do it? And again, remind us why. Why should we be giving back? Tell me all about it. Basically, I like to frame it more as like you're investing and giving back what you're taking after you've minimized. We can't get around not having a carbon footprint that's pretty big in the United States and in other developed countries. So when you start to give back, there are programs that are vetted that have gold standards. I mean, I do not throw my money around crazily to black holes. That's not how I work. I vet them thoroughly. I have a list on my website. It's not many because I found my sweet spot. These guys cover my bases. Happy to vet your charity or you can do it if you want to add it to the list. But um, there are definitely reputable charities um, and organizations and projects out there that need your money. So you just got to do your homework, like with every other thing that you buy. There are phenomenal organizations out there that do great work. Well, I want to talk to you about your final step, which is to track your progress. What role does tracking have in your five steps and why is it important? Well, um, you know, when you start to radicalize your footprint and give back, you know, in greater proportion to what you take, that's a shift. That is, you know, a paradigm shift for what most people think they can do this life, especially people who are in the middle class. We just don't think we have so much power on the marketplace and, you know, oh, I'll give when I'm rich kind of a feeling and so not true. You can do so much this life. It's astounding. So when you start to really engage on this more radical empowered path, changes happen. It's phenomenal. And to keep steady with it and tracking um, helps you just appreciate where you started, what you are working with now, how your life has evolved. And the reason why I advocate this again, is I think we just skip over experience so quickly and where are we and you know the engagement and the connection piece is so lacking in this fast-paced culture we're not feeling so empowered because of the barrage of advertising telling us we suck so we should buy something to make us feel better we're not really encouraged to you know pat ourselves on the back you know a little self-love you know a little self-appreciation like oh my god life is not easy it's not an easy thing being human it's not easy living through covid we just take a moment and reflect, wow, you know, I helped a young girl go to school who's in poverty this year. Wow. I just preserved, you know, some umpteen acres of forest this year. Wow. You know, when you start to really aggregate what you set in motion through giving, it's just fabulous for you. There's a bunch of science there, givers versus non-givers. 
do better in their mood. They live longer, a higher quality of life, less incidences of heart attacks and obesity and cancer. And they actually are wealthier because they give because they're in better health. That's why it's important to track it. It's going to shift a lot in your life. Hmm. Beth, where can my listeners find more of you online? Well, my website for sure, radicalfootprint.life. And then of course I teach courses. I'm going to be coming out with a ebook soon. Well, Beth, I want to thank you so much for giving me your time. You have so much passion for this. I can tell just by listening to you. I wish you so much success. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Beth Craig. I have linked to her in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 229. Now, we do have an eco-tip this week, and it comes from Veronica. Veronica listened to episode 228 of this podcast, which was last episode, all about your best gift-giving suggestions, and she wanted to follow up on my question about giving donations in honor of somebody else. So she mentioned that there's a website. It's tisbest.org, T-I-S-B-E-S-T.org. I'll link to it in the show notes. But the website allows you to buy a quote-unquote gift card for a certain amount, and when you get it, the receiver gets a code and can then choose where the gift card is spent. Veronica says she's done this for her godchild several times, and they've appreciated being able to pick where their donation goes, right? So for instance, one year, a friend of theirs was receiving cancer treatment, so they donated their gift card to the Ronald McDonald House. So I thought that's such a great idea. You can give the gift of a donation, but then the recipient gets to decide where that donation goes. So tisbest.org. Thank you so much, Veronica, for writing to me. Listeners, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you are in the USA and you're celebrating on Thursday, I will not be here on Thursday. I am taking a break and I'm feeling really darn good about it, but I will see you next Tuesday for our regularly scheduled interview. Happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Take care.